0: Hey friends, and welcome to the Sexy Saturday Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Lemke, and here we will talk about everything from body confidence to sex, and maybe even get a little bit spicy. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Sexy Saturday Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and today we are joined by the vaginismus lady Sive hi Sive hi did I pronounce vaginismus right
1: yeah that's how it's pronounced okay (laughs) at least that's how I pronounce it I guess it depends on where you're from
0: off to a good start so I'm just gonna get you to go ahead and introduce yourself tell us about what you do Okay. Well,
1: hi, my name is Sai. I'm from Ireland, but I'm currently living in Amsterdam and I'm a sexual health coach. I'm focused on vaginismus and purity culture, but I explore a lot of other topics on my Instagram, which is where most of my stuff is.
0: Amazing. And so we're really focusing on vaginismus. (laughs) Oh my goodness <laughs> this is going to be a really fun episode of pronouncing this word I've been practicing um so I would love to for you to kind of like give a description of what that condition is for anybody listening who isn't aware of vaginismus
1: okay so vaginismus is the body's reaction to a fear of vaginal penetration. So that fear can be conscious or unconscious. I mean, sometimes you're aware of it, sometimes you aren't. You can also, you can't control the tightening of your vaginal muscles when penetration is attempted. So it happens on its own. It's uncontrollable for the person. You can develop it at any point in your life, even if you didn't have it and you were able to have penetration before. It has nothing to do with arousal. Uh, You can enjoy other types of sexual contact, but just penetration is what is uncomfortable. And it can go from being mildly uncomfortable to very painful. And there's two types of vaginismus. So there's the primary vaginismus, which is when vaginal penetration has never been achieved, and secondary vaginismus, where vaginal penetration was once achievable, but is no longer possible. So that is basically what vaginismus is.
0: Okay. Now you're pretty open about your story with vaginismus on your Instagram page. So I would love for you, if you're comfortable to, and you can totally tell me no, but I would love for you to kind of talk about your story with vaginismus and like how that inspired you to help other vulva owners go through that. Yeah,
1: totally. I can totally go into that. That's fine. Well, I grew up in Ireland and I grew up in this sort of religiously adjacent household. So we weren't religious, but we're very culturally Catholic. And I went to a Catholic school, which was Obviously, our sexual education was super abstinence based. And we were taught like a lot of fear mongering about pregnancy and STIs, a lot of like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant and die type. And it was a very anti sex and very shaming kind of environment. And I heavily internalized that as I was growing up. And then my first sexual experience was pretty horrible. And I, ended up crying and it was just not fun but I was sort of believing that that was normal and then the second time it was the same thing and the third time it was the same thing but for some reason I guess I just kept thinking oh this is normal this is what it's supposed to be like um and it wasn't until my first pelvic exam that I actually realized it wasn't gonna (laughs) I hadn't realized that I was getting a pelvic exam before I got it (laughs) but Mm. I wasn't really aware, but I had some health issues. And so my doctor told me to go visit my gynecologist because of a family history of PCOS and endometriosis. So I went and I made the appointment and my gynecologist was, she was a very cold woman and she didn't really care. I mean, I was pretty nervous about All of it. And I kind of told her as I was realizing that we were doing a pelvic exam, that penetration had always been difficult for me. But I sort of assumed that she would go slowly and be gentle because it's a medical setting. So I figured that she would you know, take the time to do it properly. So I sort of I laid down and then I explained to her all about my past and she just wasn't listening to me. Um, and she kind of just shoved (laughs) the the wand in and it was just awful. And, um, it felt like I was just choking and I started crying and just like moving away. And I, she was like freaking out too. And she was like looking at me, looking down at me and being like, were you molested as a child? Were you molested? And I was like, no, I wasn't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she, I, we, I had to go further down, so I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to breathe through this, we're going to make it, we're going to do it. So we managed to get what she needed in the end. Um, but it was a pretty violating experience. I mean, after that, she tried to do another exam, but at that stage, it just was impossible, I'm physically speaking and also mentally. Um. And I had wished that things had been done differently. And I also wish that I'd been listened to. And when it was over, I was inspired to, you know, talk about it and get the word out there about it and like be able to express my feelings about it and go on a journey to cure it and help. Other people do the same, which started months of research and trying different therapies and all kinds of things. So that's kind of where I got inspired.
0: Thank you for sharing that with everybody. I'm really sorry that you went through that experience. Um, Personally speaking, I, I don't have vaginismus, but I know how incredibly invasive pelvic exams can be. Um, I've had things like where I've gone for a pelvic exam and ended up getting, you know, like a surprise biopsy that I wasn't prepared for that day. And I felt like I didn't really have a choice as to whether or not to get it and felt really out of control in that situation. So I, it's definitely something that vulva owners don't really talk about that much is how traumatic these pelvic exams can be, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I would love for you to kind of explain what some different symptoms are other than just the muscle contraction of vaginismus um and I know you already talked about like why it might happen um like with the primary and secondary but are there any known causes as to why it might happen
1: um yeah so the common symptoms of vaginismus i mean the main symptom is pain and discomfort during vaginal penetration, which such as not being able to insert a tampon or any sort of penetration, that is the main symptom. Um, It affects your pelvic floor. So if you have any pain in there, it could also be related, but that is like the main symptom. When it comes to what causes it, There are many reasons why it may happen. Some are physical, some are psychological. Anxiety disorders are a very big one. Um, Anxiety disorders definitely can be directly linked to vaginismus. Also trauma to the area such as childbirth or surgery that's on the more physical end, Um, pelvic radiation. That heavily affects the vagina, the sexual organ itself. With people going through cancer, that can be one of the causes. A big one is a fear of sex. The fear is not always something that the person is aware of, but it may be because of limiting sexual beliefs or sexual traumas. Ultimately, there are... There are many reasons why it can occur, and it's not really one kind of fit all. There are some cases where we don't even know why it occurs. It can just occur.
0: Right. Now, with the fear of sex that comes in, I imagine that that could have a pretty big impact on intimacy in a partnership or even intimacy with yourself, with masturbation, Um, so do you have any sort of intimacy tips for people who are experiencing vaginismus?
1: I think the key to intimacy with vaginismus is preparation and effective communication, um, really to ease mental tensions. Foreplay is super important as foreplay can relax the pelvic muscles and obviously create lubrication, um, trying different sexual positions if you're capable of penetration to a certain level trying positions that open the pelvic floor can help applying heat to the area can relax the pelvic muscles um also what is most what is super important is taking your time and telling your partner or i guess yourself if it's you what you like what you don't like exploring that sometimes penetration has to be off the table for a bit and you need to work up to it sometimes you can't just go into it, it it's like they'll take it's a process it'll take some time looking for treatments that which is something we'll also talk about the treatments will make it a lot easier make the journey a lot easier um Also taking time to find pleasure in other physical activities, whether it be sexual or not, like massages or or other things.
0: Yeah, Um, and I think it's really important to, you know, with anything to give yourself grace to take a step back and recognize, okay, maybe penetration does have to be off the table for me right now. And that is okay. And I will give myself grace to be able to work through this journey. Um so I would love to go into the treatment options now. I feel like that was a good segue into treatment options. So what do what does treatment kind of look like? Um treatments
1: are there are a few treatments currently available. Um, the one of the bigger one is psychosexual therapy, which is therapy that targets sexual issues. And it's a talking based Treatment, it's like not physical. It's just, you know, one on one therapy or I guess group therapy, but usually one on one to address your own personal sexual inner monologue and how that can affect you. There's pelvic floor therapy, which includes muscle exercises, stretching, dilators, and electrostimulation. And then the fourth is diaphragmatic. Sorry, I'm pronouncing it kind of (laughs) badly breathing, which is just breathing in deeply and really relaxing your body and allowing the pelvic muscle to lengthen during the inhalation. And then when you're exhaling, bringing it back in. So you're just relaxing purely and just concentrating on those muscles. And there's been a lot of interest recently in Botox and its ability to freeze the vaginal walls in the area. And that has been generally pretty promising, but there still needs to be some more research into it.
0: That's really interesting about the Botox. It's been amazing to see over the years, kind of the new uses that they've been able to find for Botox. So with these treatments is pain-free sex possible the
1: vaginismus is curable um it is possible to have pain-free sex uh, amazing it, it, it does take time but it is possible
0: okay so i would love to backtrack a little back to the medical procedures um So medical procedures can obviously be very traumatic for somebody with vaginismus. Do you have any advice for kind of coping during these procedures or leading up to them?
1: Um, I think the biggest advice I can give is working on your effective communication and also the physical relaxing I think is super important. So the purpose of effective communication is to achieve the best possible outcome through an exchange of information. So simply, it's just that you wanna get your message out there as quickly and as understandably to the receiver. So some ways you can effectively communicate is by being attentive, paying attention and pay very careful attention to everything you hear Everything that's being done, um, having meaningful conversations about treatment begins with trust and rapport. So just build up that relationship between you and your doctor if you can. Um, And just pay attention to everything they say. Personally, I like to bring a little notepad and I like to write everything they say down so that I can look back at it and really think about it before making any decisions. If you can, be informed, try and look up things before you go. If you're suspicious of you having vaginismus, try to look look it up before you visit the gynecologist so that you can sort of have an idea of what to expect. Um, Obviously, patients make better decisions when they have all the information they need. Asking questions is super important. You you have the right to access all your information and you are at the core of every medical procedure. So you are the most important person. So ask all the questions you want and just get all the information you need. Being truthful is very important and communicating honestly. Um, yes you have been unsuccessful with your experiences in the plot in the past you kind of have to express it you you really have to put the truth out there and I personally I like I think a really good tool is a pain scale um obviously you have to tell your gynecologist about it before you (laughs) do it but one being the lowest in pain and four being the highest it's a really quick way to communicate your pain level without, with, so that they can understand it like really quickly and effectively.
0: Okay, so, and it's really hard. Like, I recognize that it's really hard to advocate for yourself and have those communicative skills when you're facing medical intimidation, like when the doctor is kind of, you know, like what's wrong with you? Like, I'm very Mm -hmm. downplaying your pain. So what are some kind of qualities? Like if somebody is able to scout out an OBGYN that they would ideally like to have as a doctor, what are some qualities to kind of look for in a good doctor for dealing with this condition?
1: I think the most important is someone who's willing to listen to you. um, And you can tell before you get onto the, the table or the chair, who's gonna listen to you and who's gonna not pay attention to what you're saying. And I think it's also really important to know that if you want something to stop, you have the right to leave. And that you don't have to do anything That a doctor tells you to do. You it's your right to just and your prerogative to leave if you want to. And I would say a good, another good thing is someone with a lot of empathy, someone who can relate to your issues, even if they might not have the same issues, someone who can understand and put themselves in your place. I think that's really the most important thing in a doctor.
0: Yes, for sure. So I would love to just kind of wrap up on a piece of advice or words of wisdom, encouragement, something that you would like to tell somebody who is experiencing vaginismus.
1: I would say that, you know, there's nothing wrong with you and you can take all the time you need to life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So just take your time and, and research and do what you feel is right.
0: That's really good advice. And I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, this question, and I am really curious to hear your answer, especially in how it relates to vaginismus, but what does sexiness mean to you? I think being empowered is the most sexy thing
1: ever. I think learning, wanting to let go, is super sexy and freeing. That's what sexiness means to me. I love that.
0: So do you have anything coming up that you're looking forward to or where are you looking to go with your platform? Um, I'm currently writing up um,
1: and finalizing a course that I want to put out about purity culture and diving more deeply into, you know, what makes purity culture and how it affects vaginismus. And that's what I'm doing currently. And I'm also probably going to be launching a blog pretty soon. So look out for that.
0: Amazing. Well, I would love for you to keep me updated on all of these things and I will share them as well. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on. It was so lovely to chat. I learned so much. I didn't really know that much about vaginismus. And I'm a nurse by trade. So that tells you how kind of messed up our healthcare system is. So I would love for you to tell everybody where they can go and find you.
1: Um, on my Instagram at vaginismuslady. That's my main source of where I put all my information and my posts
0: okay and I will link that in the show notes as well so you can just go to the episode description and click on the link and it will take you straight to Sive's profile Sive, thank you so much for coming on today no thank you well friends that's a wrap thank you so much for listening to the show today if you want to support the podcast please follow us on apple podcast leave a review and share it with your friends I would love if you could share a screenshot of the show to your Instagram stories whenever you're listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at underscore Nicole Lemke. That's underscore N-I-C-O-L-E-L-E-M-K-E and at the Sexy Saturday podcast so that you don't miss out on any Sexy Saturdays. If you or someone you know wants to be a guest on the podcast, Please send an email application to the Sexy Saturday podcast at gmail.com.